Welcome to the Break Check Media, Break Check Podcast. We're here with Gordy, Rick, and myself, JP. Today, we're going to be talking about what it was like when we first started working on cars versus what it's like working on cars now. Um, Rick, we'll start with you. What it was like when you first started working on cars? Uh, well, it definitely hurt a lot less to bend over a hood for, <laughs> you know, four hours. Now it takes about 15 minutes and my back's sore and I'm, I'm ready to call it quits for the day because that's what happens when you get old. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I got those problems too. The back problems hurt my back years ago and still having that problem. You know, it's called old age. It happens. Yeah. 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 Old the nice age. thing is, uh, the, the quality of tools that we got probably much better than when we were kids. I, yeah, I don't know I about you guys, I, but my first toolkit was like this uh, cheap Chinese thing that my parents got me when I was like middle school or high school. And like, it was one of those things where like um, the tools didn't fit back in their slots because it was just <laughs> plastic holders. So then you open it up and just tools fly everywhere at you because it was one of those folding with the plastic yeah. clips. I had the same kit you did. Yeah. High quality engineering <laughs> right there. Yeah, my dad actually gave me some SK stuff like for he wasn't using any of his SE or SAE stuff as much at work anymore because everything went to millimeters. Yeah. You know, so uh, you know, using less of that stuff, he gave me a lot of it. Um, so I had like a good socket set to start. I don't nice. have a lot of those now. Some of them got stolen over the years or left outside and rusted because I was an idiot kid. Um, things like I that. We've... So I, I only have a remainder of that set left. But um, I had a good foundation with that um, and a pretty good idea of what you should have at least. So if I was trying to do a job and couldn't figure out why it wasn't working, it's because I didn't have the right tool and I'd figure out how to borrow it. So, yeah. <clears throat> but the tools oh, definitely make it easier. Uh, tools make it so much easier. Um, yeah. I remember for ever having a torch or a a compressor and just doing everything by hand uh yeah i, I did a lot of it, pretty much everything by hand with no mm -hmm. power tools mm -hmm. um ever even even most of the sawing if i was going to cut some exhaust it would be all hacksaw and stuff and yeah yeah just yeah. brutal brutal stuff i actually had one of those uh tailpipe cutters it was like a chainsaw sort I've of never had, I never and had you wrap it around a pipe and then rock it back and forth and it eventually cuts the uh, an exhaust pipe so those actually work um theoretically yes they like they will cut a pipe I would eventually use one. you i'm sure a steak knife would too uh provided you you know stroked it back and forth enough times but probably about the same effectiveness too I and i'm sure i wasn't using saw. it right i was probably 18 you know but i remember using the hacksaw but then uh uh i upgraded and got my, myself a, a sawzall yep i got my first sawzall at a uh like a bargain store you know and it was refurbished mm -hmm. it was a skill brand and i thought it was a really good one it was like 20 bucks and uh i had that for a while and it was okay 
you know, it wasn't great. But then I uh, eventually I got a job where I used the saws all the time on cars, and mm-hmm. that lasted about like a week. I burnt right up. So then uh, we're not talking about our favorite tools today in this episode, and I'm sure we will in the future. But one of my favorite tools is my current sawzall, which is uh, Milwaukee. So big, big believer in that tool. When I first started, I had this, like what Rick was saying, I had that cheap Chinese kit that opened up. And um, the first time I put a pipe on my 3 8 ratchet, I broke all the gears inside. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to go out and buy myself uh just like a kit. It was in a plastic toolbox with some drawers and it was like three hundred dollars and it had uh you know like a two hundred and fifty socket set. <clears throat> and honestly, I'm actually still using probably ninety percent of those sockets today. But that's back when Craftsman was made in the USA and they're actually good quality. Yeah, I had a, a lot of Craftsman stuff that I would replace or add to my original collection with. And then uh, I also got cheap a lot of times too, because when you're younger, you don't take good care of stuff, you know? And uh, I didn't get a lot of things handed to me, but that tool set was one of the things that got handed to me. And it's sure enough, I didn't take care of it the way I should have. And then the things I bought after that, I take very good care of most of the time. So, but my tool set didn't really grow until I got a job, you know, working in the industry and working on cars. And then, yeah. That's when you actually take care of stuff, and well, yeah, then you realize how much how important it was, and when something breaks, how expensive it is. Yeah, and it becomes a an investment too, you know. So, yeah, I Uh, think the the big thing is, uh, I think for me is is has been the internet, um, uh, because like if if there's a a weird tool that you need, and you can't find it in a local store, well, first off, you can just search to see if it is available at a local store um and if it's not then you just order it online and you have it in a couple of days um and then the other big thing is obviously like especially with me um you know i i learned how to do everything by watching youtube videos so (laughs) see i I started working on cars very young too i mean i was 14 when i bought my first car and it was not you know a nice car so I spent a lot of time working on cars before YouTube even existed. And to, to watch a video on the internet, you had to go on LimeWire, or actually it was before LimeWire, it was Kazaa. Mm-hmm. And you had to download That's a right. Kazaa video. There were no how-to mm-hmm. videos on there either. It was all terrible things a kid should yep. watch. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> and music, of course, which is what I used it for. And no, nothing bad. Um, uh, but anyways, <laughs> using uh, you know message boards actually were huge for me. Um, as everybody knows, in this room, uh, well, not in this virtual room, I guess I should say, I'm a big F-body guy, and uh, thirdgen.org. I don't know if you guys have ever been on it. Rick, you probably have. Oh, yeah. I, um, I, I so perused. that message board, that was a a very, just an absolute, it still is an absolute wealth of information. You can find out anything <clears> about those cars. You can find out from, you know, what was built and how many to, you know, I mean, there's tech articles on how to fix almost everything. You could start, you know, nose to tail on that car and get an answer. Um, back then, it wasn't necessarily a complete source. That's why it's a message board. And you go on there and ask questions. A lot of the guys on there, I can't even really probably remember their names. And it's a shame because they did teach me a lot. Um, I was just a kid living with my mom at that point, And uh, 
just working on cars myself. So I'd figure it out. And uh, I didn't really have a lot of good resources. I'd call my dad on the phone. Maybe he lived in a different state though. So um, I had somebody to ask a mm -hmm. question to, but when you could put pictures on a message board, you know, and, and say, you know, draw an arrow on it and, and paint and then mm -hmm. post the picture mm -hmm. and say, what's this piece? Cause I don't know where it went. I unhooked it or, you know, things like that. That's really helpful to, to have the kind of mentorship that, uh, those guys that were really experts on those cars had. And uh, for me, that was a huge, I, if I was into cars and I didn't have that, I would have probably had a lot harder of a time sticking with it and, uh, and getting those cars fixed on the road. So that's very important too. <clears throat> and nowadays I feel like younger guys are spoiled with the YouTube and I'm going to sound like yes. an old possibly no, boomer, no, they are. but, <laughs> but it, there's something in your brain when you learn something and you discover it. So when you take a, a part or multiple parts off of a car and you pay attention while you do it, you discover, and then you put it back together and you've learned something, but mm -hmm. now it's more of like a monkey see monkey do. So you watch a video and then you think like, I used to actually take all my bolts and put them on a piece of cardboard or a hole, you know, in the same pattern that they came out and things like that. But now, honestly, even I've succumbed to the idea that I'll just take it apart. And if I can't figure it out, somebody will have it on YouTube. Uh, yeah. See, I try, I, I try to stay away so. from YouTube uh, as much as possible. I still don't use it a lot. It's just every now and then I will hit it up. But I'd, I'd rather go – I still go on thirdgen.org to find out F-body stuff. Oh, no, I, I do uh, the same thing with the Subarus and uh, my Cherokee. I belong to those forums. And um, I've learned a lot, you know, through there. Some cheap upgrades you can do, you know, uh, bolt-on parts from other vehicles that you can put on there and stuff like that. But um, as far as, like, actually – looking up how to do something unless i am just that desperate and can't figure it out and normally it has something to do with wiring because <clears throat> um, just over the years you know just if it broke it had to be fixed and just had to figure out how to fix it even if it may have not been the right time or right way just to get it going so you can get to work right yeah, with my with my Volvo, I relied on the Volvo forums because uh, you know it wasn't a very common car, um, and to the point where there wasn't even a Haynes manual for it. Um, it was the only car that I've ever owned that I did not <clears throat> purchase a Haynes manual for. Um, you know, Haynes manuals did come in handy a few times when I was growing up. I gotta be, I I think it's funny because the Haynes and Chilton <clears throat> manuals. They just tell you to take the part off, put another part <laughs> back on, and assembly is the reverse of removal. What the yeah, hell? I need a book to tell me that. Yeah, it's definitely not the uh, the best uh, method, but it's Don't get me wrong, I kept nothing. buying them. Every yeah. time I bought a car, I'd buy one, <clears throat> yeah, and then I'd it. flip through it, and I'd, I'd need to know something, and I'd say, well, no shit, you take it apart and put it back together. I think part of it was just having it was just nice to have. Oh, I got this car, and I got the manual. Yeah, of course. It has the cool picture on the front of it, like partially. Right. Yeah. That of course, view. Of course, they're always yeah. taking a brand new one apart when they're making that book. Of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. that too. Yeah. You don't have to not worry a, about not a rusty rust one. and, you know, yep. something that has missing pieces already. Yep. Uh, yeah, one thing. Go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. Uh, as I say, one thing I got spoiled about when I was in college was we had uh, all data. And I don't mm. know if you guys would know all that is. It's like um, you yep. type in the VIN of the vehicle, and it gives you pictures and step-by-step -step how to do everything. 
You've, you've hooked me up once or twice with uh, yeah. some yes, some I printouts. did. And it it is, that's not so cheating nice. though, because it's you got to you know the parts diagram is very helpful. It is. Um, and, uh, even doing just, small engine stuff like parts tree has that. When you do it without that, it's 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 just a whole figuring out part. Sometimes gets a little tough, you know. Uh, it, but when you get something like uh, as useful as all data or Mitchell on demand, it literally walks you through step by step. Thank God for the internet. <laughs> Let's face it. I mean, like, tools, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, even if you're, if, even if you're not YouTube certified, um, <laughs> I want that. It's, still, <laughs> it's still uh, the internet still makes life so so much easier, especially when it working does. on cars and stuff like well, that. Even buying parts now. Oh yeah. You know, especially as day, as your cool. cars get older yeah. and parts are less common. <clears throat> Yeah, but it's about being connected with people too, because you, you know, you learn from other people, and oh, yeah. if you don't have a way to contact other people while you're doing something that that knows the answer, then you're gonna have a hard time. That's so, true. No, yeah. no. Yeah. The internet just increases the odds that you're gonna find that person with the answer. Yep, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So that's one of the few things that the internet's good for. One of the few things. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember when um. I finally got my first toolbox. That was a big, big step. I'm finally able to start keeping track of where all my tools were. Yeah. They, they didn't, didn't get lost in the grass or somewhere in the garage. Yeah, yeah I um, had one of those uh, household size ones for a long time when I was younger. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. I rolled it into my, my first job, like working in a shop, and everybody laughed at me. <laughs> and then I had to buy something a little bit bigger at least, but. Yeah, see, I went to college and uh, mm. grad school, and as a result, um, I spent a lot of time in apartments and moving around and stuff like that. So I didn't typically have a whole lot of tools of my own um, until I bought a house. So I would just use my dad's stuff because he had tons and tons of tools um, because he's got multiple motorcycles and cars and all that. So like. If I needed it, he had it. So, and since a good chunk of that time I was still living at my parents, you know, until like maybe three years ago, my toolbox was a couple of uh, little rubber totes, not even with lids, just little, <clears throat> little <laughs> rubber made um, basins that you'd like take camping if you're, you know, washing something or something like that. Um, I remember that. When really my first like legitimate tool chest was my dad's tool chest that he bought the same year I was born. Um, I, I got him a new one for, uh, um, I think Father's Day, uh, Craftsman tool chest. And as a result, uh, he gave me his old one. So I repainted it, re-greased it, um, you know, fixed all the, the rails and stuff like that because they got loose. Um, so... Yeah, it's been serving me well for the past couple of years, and and I got that tool cart though. Yeah, yeah, now I got the the green. Uh, U, was it U.S. General Harbor Freight? U.S. Special? General. Yep. Yep. I got the obnoxious green one. Yeah, uh, I have the the cheapy one of that, the black one that mm-hmm. only comes in black. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I've had this is my second one that I've had of that, and uh, the first one I bought, I actually set a Honda Accord on top of it while the lid was open. 
<laughs> so it was up upright like this, and I lowered the carcass of a Honda Accord onto it, you know, because I was standing behind the lift post talking to somebody while I was lowering the car. And I noticed the car stopped going down. So that's that's weird. <laughs> so I lifted it up for a second, and then all, every socket that I owned was all the way across this shop. And I had to go pick them up for <laughs> 20 minutes, swearing the whole time. It was good times. But uh, yeah. it it bent it up a little bit. But I'll tell you what, I mean, it still worked. I used it for a while. And then when I quit that job, I sold it to one of the guys that worked there for, you know, 50 bucks or something or 75 bucks. Nice. But um, I eventually bought a second one. I keep it in my basement. And uh, I've also got that U.S. General 44-inch uh, box that I That's bought and I used too. from a guy I worked with. That's a great box. I, you could put anything in that. I've had my box for 12 years. It's gone to North Carolina a couple times. It's gone to college a few times and yep. it works perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's been picked up by forklifts and moved around and put on a trailer mm -hmm. and, you know, I also, I also have uh, the same tool cart that, that Rick has. Um, and I use that uh, every day. Yeah. They're honestly, they're pretty good tools. I'm, been trying to get better about buying things made in america but it's kind of hard to find anything that is that's true so I mean, uh, you can go with snap on our mac but they're just so expensive yeah i mean it's a lot of, especially now i'm not you know actively you know professionally working on cars so it's a little bit uh wasted money to buy a snap on toolbox you know especially since these things are pretty good especially for a homeowner you know even when i was working on tools as a profession i just still use the harbor freight box i mean all it's got to do is hold tools yeah, and, uh, it does. Yeah, I used to beat beat the snot out of my. I was working as a uh, a dismantler at a salvage yard too. So I mean, we were beating the crap out of everything. Yeah, and uh, that toolbox, you know, got open and shut a zillion times. I didn't have a cart for a while. I was just going back and forth with the box, and uh, yeah, I mean, that was took a whoop, and it still looks good too, even. So. What about but, uh, air, uh, like when's your when'd you get your first air tool? Oh, uh, so I got like this cheap, terrible set of air tools. One I can't remember what year it was, but I was a kid, and I got some cheap Walmart air compressor, you know, and um, you know, I tried to take off my first lug nut and realized that I just wasted my money because none of it worked, <laughs> and then. Uh, yeah, I just I didn't really do much upgrading from there because I was just kind of felt defeated about the whole thing. And then when I got a job in the field, obviously I bought you know an IR and then a Snap-on Impact, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know well, mostly IR stuff I like. Ingersoll ran, um, but yeah, and some of that Harbor Freight stuff, you know, like the the cutoff wheel, like that the works dirt fine. cheap one. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. I actually I use an electric uh, Harbor Freight one now at home because I don't have an air compressor anymore. Uh, but I still do have a couple of decent air tools just in case. Um, yeah. But I, I feel like the electric cordless stuff is the way of the future anyways, frankly. Oh, absolutely. I, I got uh, a half-inch impact on electric one, and it's <clears> – <throat> you don't have to worry about compressor and an air cord and, and you know, all that jazz. It's quieter, and it, it's just way stronger. And right. more reliable. As long as you have a backup battery, you know, the battery dies, you put the new one in, just keep going. Yeah. How about patience? You notice that you're, as you've gotten older, your your patience has increased on working on cars? No. 
No, not at all. Really? It's actually, mine is quite a bit. I used to do a lot of, you know, inventing new words and busting my knuckles and all this stuff. And now I, I just kind of, it's oh, yeah, more yeah. of a Zen thing for me. I get out there and yeah, with the like exception I... of taking the gas tank out of that Trans Am, I, I made a new, whole new language for that. But I feel like I've gotten <laughs> less patient because like really? now, now I'm realizing, you know what? The end is near. I'm I'm getting old. <laughs> I want to actually enjoy this thing, not work on it. I, I think working <laughs> on it is the enjoyment. I, I think working on the enjoy is the enjoyment as well, to an extent. Um, uh, I get I get really frustrated when I can't figure something out, and I get mad. Um, that's when I really start losing my patience. Other than that, I I still quite enjoy working on the vehicles. Um, See, there's a part of me when I when I finish <clears throat> and I lower it back on the ground and pull it out in the driveway from the garage and I just get a little disappointed because now it's done. Oh man, yeah. I, I get so excited, especially when you take on that test drive and like everything works perfect. It drives better, it stops better, like just feels accomplished, I guess you could say. Yeah, it feels good, but now you got nothing to do. For me, the first <clears throat> thing I think when I when I get it down back on the ground and I go for the test drive. All I say to myself is Jesus Christ. I hope I didn't make it worse than it was before. I'll <laughs> <clears throat> oh, see at, at my job. There's 12 vans I have to work on. So as soon as I put a van down, I got another one to pull in. So there's always things going on. Plus don't forget. I'm working on three cars at home. Yeah, well, I think that's where my advantage is. I have one one car to be worked on. The rest yeah. are all daily driver, under warranty, new cars. And then, Wait, what, what's a warranty? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> The cars you buy come with a taillight warranty. That's right. They can't see the taillights if <laughs> so you, you don't have a warranty. So. I'm still okay with that. Yeah, you know, I can be okay with that. But, uh, you know, I think that like we talked about the last time we talked about our favorite cars and stuff, there's the right tool for the job, you know? So that's, if you, if you do it right, you can enjoy working on that one car mm -hmm. and have other cars that, you know, are newer and, and just kind of have a, a assortment of things that make sense. And then you can enjoy having that one thing to work on and focus on, which is really hard as car mm -hmm. guys. I know because, I believe me, I'm on Facebook Marketplace and oh, Craigslist yeah. looking at these idiot cars that I shouldn't buy oh, yeah. and try to talk myself into it like, somehow. Like and five hundred dollar Riatas. Yes, <laughs> and um, I was I saw that, and then you sent it to me, and then JP yeah. sent it to me, <laughs> and uh, I want that car badly. But there's a a smart part of my brain that turned on when I had kids, actually. You got to get rid um, of that smart part of your brain. Though. Yeah. Well, you know what, though? It helps. It does help because the smart part tells the stupid part to not do it. It's kind of nice. So. Yeah, the smart part of my brain hasn't woken up about that yet. Yeah. Because you haven't had kids yet. I like to think <laughs> that when they're grown, it'll shut right back off again. So, <laughs> or if I have the money and space for more, of course, then I'll. Once I hit maximum capacity is another thing, too. That's true. That's so true. I used to live in the country and I had a little more leeway with that, but now I don't. So I, uh, I gotta be careful. You can't have, you know, yeah. I have a fleet as it is in a full driveway, but everything has a license plate on it. So 
Yeah, I'm lucky that my parents are patient enough to let me store my cars there because I've got three cars in the driveway and I maxed out already. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't use my parents uh, for storage because for some reason they're they maxed have, out for themselves. Yeah, for some reason they have two RVs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last car you had there, we dragged out together. Yeah, yeah. Never again. Yeah. Not gonna store anything yeah. there anymore. So I think we can. What we can all say is that over the years. Working on cars has gotten easier due to knowledge, internet resources, and tools. More money, too. I can definitely afford a hell of a lot more than I could when I was, you know, 16, 17, 18. Yeah, that's certainly true. Yep. All right. So It's like, uh, I remember, uh, you know, as a kid, it's like, okay, $100 for brakes? That's oh, I know. I, I, that's that's a bit steep. See the cars uh, <laughs> I was driving when I was a kid though. You got set of brake pads for nine bucks at AutoZone. <laughs> that's that's how I because I still to this day when I buy brake pads and stuff, I'm like, what? I know. And then they're, they're like, oh, they're the like, rotors too. And I'm like, the rotors? Uh, Who does that? Yeah. Yeah. Was, was my pedal vibrating? No. But you uh, really should do the rotors on the new cars because they're not that thick. But the cars I was driving had sucks. a rotor that was you know ribbed. Nice. You know, you, well, you remember the ones with their, they had the gap in the middle. Yep. They're yep. super thick and you could get them turned if they were bad. Mm-hmm. These new mm-hmm. ones, you can't, I don't I think you can turn them a little bit, but you can turn them once and then you, you, might, as, yeah. you might as well just throw them away for how cheap the rotors are. Yeah. They are cheaper too, I guess. They also don't have the bearing race inside of them or anything like right. that anymore. Yeah. So I guess that's part of it. No, that's one thing that has sucked though, is that, uh, Parts have got, gotten a lot more expensive. Well, but again, they're more. Some some things have gotten less. Some things have gotten more, but they're more inclusive because they're they're modular. Um, in fact, I used to work on a like restaurant equipment, specifically like, uh, like dishwashers and like brewing stuff, like coffee brewing stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, that was the the way of the future with the Keurig stuff, and we had to get trained on Keurig machines. And uh, the guy said the word modular about 100 times um, throughout his, like, training presentation was how everything was modular. So what that means is the thing's made out of, like, four components, which is, you know, groups of parts. And then if this is broken, you take off that whole group of parts and get rid of them, put the other module on. So at the end, it he showed us it had a flip up handle. And I asked him if that was so you could just throw the whole module in the garbage and start over with the fresh <laughs> one. He did not like that, but, <laughs> but everything's gone that way because the newer cars have changed the way you work on them too. Even like the brake rotor is a perfect example. Now the rotor just slides on studs and there's that separate hub. Yep. And that contains all your wheel bearings. You know, who really has to do a wheel bearing anymore? Like do a bearing, you know, and, pack it and everything else and uh, when you're a kid and you do it yeah. wrong yeah and then you get out on the street and then you drive to school and back or working back once and you're like yeah it's not gonna work then you take it apart and then you don't do it wrong ever again but now you just a couple bolts and some loctite and you're done so that's true i'll give you that 
So the, the nature of the parts have changed, and I guess that that's why the price would change too with them. That's fair. That's yeah. definitely fair. Yeah. But oh. I think we've uh, really covered a lot of ground today. I think so too. Yeah. Um. All right. So, like I said, as a wrap up, we we things have gotten easier and resources have gotten better. And you guys think it's more frustrating, though? I do think it's more frustrating. <laughs> All right. I think part of it was what Rick said because you're just getting older and things hurt more. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but uh, when you get older, you get smarter too. It's debatable. Okay. As I've gotten older, I got smarter, but I had a pretty clean slate to work with. So. All right. Well, thank you for showing up. Uh, we appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe, like, check out our uh, other videos, and uh, thanks for coming. Thank you.